Len Wein, the creator of the iconic character Wolverine, died on Sunday at the age of 69. Actor Hugh Jackman, whose career took off in large part thanks to his role as Wolverine in 20th Century Fox's X-Men movies, is paying tribute to Wine. Jackman posted a photo of the two men on Twitter with a note describing their first meeting in 2008. Marvel Comics also mourned Wine's passing with a statement reading in part, Len's contributions to the Marvel Universe as writer, editor, and member of the Marvel family will never be forgotten. He will be missed. It's the comic, 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 comic book. Man, you come right out of a comic book. It's the comic, 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 comic book. You Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullets with Nerd is the New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. What's up? Eli. And we have a special guest today. Uh, back for the very first time on the show. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I'll explain a little bit more in a second. Uh, we have Get Valiant's very own Eric Baumgart. Uh, round of applause, everybody. Yay. The prodigal <laughs> son has returned. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate sure you the king. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, so, uh, like I said, Eric actually has some, uh, long history with the show, even though technically he's the first time being on this show. For those that have been keeping up with us for this long, we were, before this, we were another show that I won't mention right now for certain reasons. Uh, but he was on this show because, so technically, if you really want to think about it, this whole thing is really Eric's fault. <laughs> we blame Eric for everything. So he unleashed this monster we have right now. <laughs> I'm so, very glad I did. <laughs> so, Eric, tell them what you've been up to lately. I know you got a lot of stuff going on right now. Plus, you are on have another podcast going also. Yeah, I've been doing Get Valiant. Uh, we're in episode 50-something, almost 60, I think. Um, I don't know. been having a good time doing that, playing a lot of music. And uh, I just finally printed uh, my first comic book issue that I wrote. Ooh. Awesome. And that's another reason we decided to have you come on, because we are starting to bring more creators on to the podcast also. And like I said, we do a little bit things a little bit differently at Comic Book Bullies, where we don't just do like a can interview, send it off and start off. No, we like to have the the creators and, uh, and the people we interview on to the show also, you know, to join in the conversation. You can find out more about them. So you can understand the thought process when you're looking at their creative process also. Eric, is it OK if I give like a quick secret origins of the entire podcast type thing get value too when it when it all boils down to if you really think about it i'm gonna do that anyway thanks. okay i don't know what you're <laughs> talking about but sure <laughs> just gonna do it real quick so basically like i said this whole thing started because he uh eric wanted to put out uh he wanted to start his own podcast he wanted to start a valiant park podcast he put out you know kind of like a, a help wanted type thing on facebook or whatever you want to put it like that I wanted to do a video game podcast. That's all I did. I didn't want to talk about comics, value, anything like that. We'll do my own video game podcast. So we got together and decided to do our own podcast, things like that. Uh, we He kept talking about Valiant. I can talk about video games. You can see how that kind of, you know, mesh. <laughs> then Eli came later on and, and brought it came became the uh, third part of the whole thing. 
Uh, and then we just kind of came, just kind of went from there. Like I said, Eric did want to do the Valiant podcast, and he still has Get Valiant going on. I do want to let you know something, Eric. I listen to every Get Valiant podcast you have. That's crazy. You guys are really excited about Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duh. So that, that's what gets that's what's so entertaining to me about it. But but the funny thing about it though, every time that uh Ryan always because and Ryan is another podcast that is you know with the whole network and everything also. So he always sends out like lists and everything every month. Okay, so we have the rankings of the podcast on there. You and get Valiant kicks our ass every single month. <laughs> I'm getting pissed. <laughs> like what the hell, man? What do we need to do? How do we need to take down get Valiant? <laughs> You need to start but, talking about Valiant. Valiant, anything Valiant has a built-in audience. It's amazing. It, it does. We've had we've had some some Valiant fans on the podcast before. So every time they start talking, I have flashbacks. You're like, oh shit! <laughs> Haven't I lived through enough of this Valiant bullshit? <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, like I said, that was a quick synopsis of everything going on. So now. What I did know about Eric is that, like I said, he just mentioned that he has his own comic book going out. We're going to talk about that a little bit more also. So, Eric, can you give us some insight of what you're working on right now, your, your new project you have? Well, it's, um, I don't know, I just really like comics. And kind of like when I got really into music, what it made me want to do was create. And I started playing music when I was younger, and it's one of the things I've really focused on in my life. And Comics are something that I've gotten really into in the last few years, and I had that same urge to create, and I figured really the only way I could do that, as I have no art ability, was to write, so I did that. <laughs> awesome. So how long have you been working on this comic, like this, uh, this particular comic you have right now? Too long, I think, is probably the right answer to that question. Wow, okay. So you've been working so, – because it seems like you've been keeping a secret. Like, you know, a lot of times they'll kind of – you know, I've seen other creators kind of let people know or leak stuff like I, you just kind of just sprung up on something like, hey, I'm a comic, you know, <laughs> so it yeah. kind of came out the blue when you did it, you know. Uh, it's because I know that it's my first time writing a comic and I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, guys, guess what? Like my first time trying this, I probably wrote like the greatest thing ever. And like everybody needs to read it because it's better than anything you've ever read before. You know, <laughs> so instead I was like, ah. Eh. I'll get some printed up, and if anybody wants some, cool. I mostly honestly did it to have it for myself because I wanted to have made that, and it's really fun to do also, especially, like, writing a script and then sending it off to somebody else and having them interpret it through their mind's eye and put it on paper and send it back, and, yeah, it's always crazy. Gotcha. So so who's the artist? Um, the guy that did the line work, the pencils and inks, is a guy named uh, Fred Dunn. He has a YouTube channel. He does a lot of really crazy videos, like photorealistic pencil drawings and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but, yeah, he's a Canadian guy. And then the colorist is actually a Mexican guy and uh, named Edgar. And, yeah, so it's a it's an international effort. <laughs> Canada, South America, I mean, and, and North America, all all together in one. So, all right. So, what is the actual name of the comic and the concept? Just as much as you want to give us, you know, feel free to spoil whatever you want to. You know. Well, I mean, not like anybody's going to get mad about spoilers. Um, no, the the main character's name is John Ramsey's, and he is the leader of a team called the Net Squad. It's just an it's an action comic. I wanted something because that's what I enjoy. So I wanted to do something that would be fun, has a little bit of character, because, um, you know, John is not exactly happy with where he's at in life. And um, 
I just, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to have those two aspects and have fun with it, you know? So I created a team and had them do some cool shit and that's about it. Cool. Okay. And I guess last question I'm going to ask you. So like I said, if you have this one shot now, are you planning on doing this? Just going to be a one shot and it's it. Are you trying to do like a ongoing series? Is it a mini series where you have like a beginning, middle ending? Like what's, what's the end game of the series you're talking, you're, you're doing? I have four issues planned. Um, I don't know if I'll do any more with, with everything after that. Um, but that's my goal is to get all those four done. It takes a long time to get each issue done when you're not working with people who, you know, when you're not able to dedicate your all day and every day to it, you know, when it's not your full time job, especially for artists, because it takes a long time to do all the drawings. And if you have a full time job on top of it, it's yeah, it's a lengthy process. So that's my goal eventually is to get the four issues done for this story. Um, I have them plotted out and everything. And we'll just see uh, if that actually happens. Gotcha. Okay, this is actually the last question I'm gonna ask you. Sorry. Where can where can people find the book? Uh, you can get it from me. That's pretty much about it. I don't have a lot of places. I'm gonna put up like a Facebook page for the comic, I think. Um, but I haven't really worried about that too much. Um, yeah, I mean, people can pretty much just get it from me. I'll just ship it to you. That's about it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, like I said, I really have no more questions about that. Eric has a new book out. It's Net Squad, right? Okay, we got Net Squad. You want to get it? Get it through Eric. There we go. So, uh, I guess we can move on with the show. We have a lot of stuff we have going on. Actually, you know what, Eli and Eric, since you're on, on the show now, actually, up until this point, like two days ago, I thought we were going to have no show. Like, there was nothing out right now. So, I was just going to pretty much do like a quick joke of, uh, good night, everybody, you know, and just cut the show off and just play music, stuff like that. But actually, when I wake up this morning, this morning and the day before, like a whole bunch of crap happened in between then. So, we got stuff to talk about. So, first thing I want to start off, we do have some uh social news going on right now not really social but kind of like weather news you know hurricane irma is hitting right now and believe it or not hurricane irma is actually affecting the comic book world in a weird kind of way i know it's kind of messed up because people are you know losing their homes and damage and hopefully people you know are getting out out of the storm before it hit too hard but it is kind of affecting uh the comic world in a way that both Avengers 4 and Ant-Man and Wasp are being filmed in Atlanta right now because all of the Marvel movies are getting filmed in Atlanta. They have like some kind of contract and they have to postpone, you know, uh, their studio time right now because Arm is hitting right now. So, yeah, I guess we can change the name to Hurricane Thanos, whatever you want to call it, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and now we can move on to other news also. Uh, comic book legend has passed recently, uh, Lynn Wayne. Lynn Wein pass. If you've never read a Lynn Wein book, don't worry because you are familiar with Lynn Wein's uh, art. I mean, not his art. I mean, his uh, character, his work, because his work is pretty much broken through culture. Culture is he's a culture icon. Everything he's done, you've known about. For one thing, he's created Swamp Thing. Uh, he created he didn't create the X-Men. But let's say he recreated the X-Men, if that makes any sense. He made uh, he, he, created, he made everybody give a shit about the X-Men. Exactly. That's what most people don't understand. Yes, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created the X-Men. The X-Men were their baby. But their version of X-Men flopped. No one gave a shit about the X-Men when they did it. However, Lynn Wein turned around. Uh, with Lynn Wein and Herb Trimp, they turned around and made Giant Size X-Men where they completely revamped the X-Men. And it was huge back in the time when they did it. First off, you had the, the first black female superhero. 
you had the uh, first Native American hero. Is it or was it somebody else before that, Eli? Uh, you talking about Thunderbird? Yeah. Uh, or Powwow Smith? <laughs> eh, I, yeah, I can't really count that. Who gives a, who gives a shit? Is he still alive? <laughs> no, so move on. <laughs> okay. Oh, like I said, we also have uh, – oh, we also have uh, Colossus. Now, you got to remember, he's a Russian hero, and right now in these days, you don't think anything about that. But you got to remember, this was smack dab in the Cold War where Russia was, you know, considered evil. And he decided to put a Russian superhero, a Soviet Union superhero on the team. That was a big deal back then. Plus, you also have the first Canadian superhero of all time. Eh, some guy named Wolverine or whatever. You know, he made him too. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, Lin Wing has done so much uh, for comic books. And he, I like you said, the people that he's created, they've made over a billion dollars in Hollywood right now, merchandise and everything like that. So his his work will live on. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's when it's all said and done. You do want your works to live on as an as an artist, as a creator, as a writer, everything like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate I, to bring the show down. Yeah. I remember no, him no, no. from. Oh, okay. No, I was oh. going to move on, but you, oh, <laughs> you, you okay. Can't I was going I was going to talk about Lin Wine too. <laughs> oh, go. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say that I remember him from the Hulk because when I, you know, when I first got into comics, I was reading all the Hulk comics, and he was writing those. So. Um, yeah, he uh, well, he created Wolverine. Which, Wolverine actually, yeah, right. he was Wolverine, Wolverine was originally a Hulk, just a throwaway Hulk villain, you know, yep. and then who grew in to become this big icon that he is, and and yeah, it was a back and we talked about this before. It's like this is back when a whole story could be told in one issue, you know, right? Because they crammed so much into one issue, it was yeah. ridiculous. You know, that yeah. same story would been dragged out for. Six months, you know, but yeah. yeah, it's insane how much they do that stuff now. And, yeah. and like I said, and it's amazing how much stuff was crammed in with Wolverine back then in his first appearance. Like, like they called him Weapon X in that first book. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't reveal he was Wolverine at the time, just saying, send in Weapon X, send in Weapon X, you know, from the Canadian government. Yeah. And then the Wendigo was there. And, the Wendigo uh, was there. Wolverine was pretty much like, I came to, because they thought Hulk was killing the people Wendigo was killing. Yeah. So they sent. The Canadian government sent Wolverine, you know, as a basically he was in a government assassin to go kill Hulk. And he saw Hulk and Wolverine fight, and he was like, you know what? Just gonna say side, I'm gonna kill both of you. And just start fighting both of them. Like he didn't give a fuck. That's and it's it's amazing the character he created is kind of more or less kind of the same character, you know, that's that's in the movies and the comic books and stuff you see now because the character was just ingrained in him. So yeah, it's 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 and like I said, I'm not really a Swamp Thing fan, so I know I don't know much about Swamp Thing, but like I said, it, it's that's another iconic character that's been around for a long time. So, yeah. yeah. And like I said, I hate to bring the show down even more, but we are recording, even though you're going to hit us later on, but we are recording today on 9-11. So I do want to make sure we acknowledge 9-11 and we make sure we don't forget about 9-11 because all of us on the podcast right now are old enough to remember, you know, when 9-11 hit and how scary that was for a time. And maybe some of the newer generation doesn't understand it. But for us, it was a huge, huge deal. Uh, like I said, we can just go around uh, the podcast, talk about like what we were doing the first time we was at uh, when 9-11 hit. I remember exactly where I was. I was coming uh, back from like my college class, like around like nine o'clock or something like that. Looked at the news and I saw it and I thought it was like some kind of, you know, some kind of weird movie that was coming out that I was like, no, this can't be real. What I'm seeing on TV right now because it's insane because I was watching it live when it when it happened. You know, the first plane hit. Then we saw live the second plane hit right then. I was like, this is insane. Then the entire day, 
you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if another attack was coming. We didn't know what was going to happen. So everybody was scared for not even just that day, but like for like a long time, everybody was just nervous. And, you yeah. know, that was like that entire decade was really kind of rough because of 9-11, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like I said, you guys can join in if you want to. I was. Time, you know? Yeah, I remember exactly where I was and what was going on. Um, I was uh, still in. I don't know if I was in middle school or high school, probably high school because they were in like the same building. But um, I just remember hearing people. I was like coming out of class and people are saying a plane flew into a building and my brain is just going like, okay, I know what all of those words mean, but how do you like, how does that make sense to put that into a sentence? Right? Like it just felt like word soup in my head. Like it didn't mean anything. And um, and then I walked into the cafeteria and they had just, you know, those old TVs they put on the kids probably don't even have those big ass TVs anymore. Right. Those the CRT TVs, tubes. Yeah. They don't even know what those things look like anymore. Fuck. Anyway, they had the, like every single one that the school owned was lined up in the cafeteria, all plugged in, all on different news channels. And so it was just like blaring every angle imaginable of what was going on. So, yeah, watching it live and stuff and the second plane hit and all that stuff and. And then later, somebody's like, oh, my God, the buildings are falling down and, like, whatever was going on. I don't even remember that stuff clearly. I just remember hearing about it and then seeing the live coverage on TV right after that. And, yeah, that was just insane. And, yeah, it was the, – the world didn't make sense for a few days. Yeah, it was a weird day. I was uh, I was working at UPS at the time, working nights. Um, and I was living with my sister. I was going to college, too, as well. Um, and so I was asleep when all that shit happened and she came and woke me up. It's like, Eli, Eli, two planes crashed into the twin towers. And my family's all from New York. You know, we're all we used to live in New York. I've been to the world trade center. My mom used to work at the world trade center when I was a little kid. Uh, wow. my, my dad was a fireman in Brooklyn. Um, and he actually, he retired, but you know, when nine 11 happened, he actually went back there and helped out with the recovery efforts with the, because a lot of the firemen who died, those were sons of the guys that he worked with. So it kind of touched my family really personally. So when she came down and told me this shit, I'm like, like I said, I'm just waking up. I had worked all night and, you know, and she's like to, you know, told me what happened, told me everything, just gave me the whole rigmarole. Two, twi- two planes crashed into Twin Towers, one crashed into the Pentagon and another plane crashed in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania or wherever, and there's, you know, the all this shit. And I'm like, what, what? I'm just waking up. And then I go upstairs, and she's got the TV on. And I just remember being shocked because one of the Twin Towers was already gone. And I was like, what right. the yeah. fuck? And I just remember seeing on the screen, like the, the heading on the screen, America under attack. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I, you know, like, I didn't see any of those live footage of the planes crashing, but I saw that second ca- tower come down, and I was like, holy shit. And it was just, yeah, it was shocking. And um, and it was weird, because, like, I, I, you know, it was so, yeah, because we all kind of felt helpless at the time. And I remember I had a show. My band's show was coming up, and I had to go bring flyers out to, you know, to, to the record stores. And there's this um, punk rock record store in Minneapolis called Extreme Noise. And I went out there 
right after, like after watching the news for a little while, okay, there's nothing I can do about this shit. So I'm going to just go about my day. And I drove out to Minneapolis and stopped at the record store and all these like punk rockers are gathered around the TV watching this shit unfold. And it was just kind of surreal as we were like, you know, be, you know, punk rockers and metal were always listening to this music and writing songs about the end of the world and destruction and anarchy. And here we are watching this actually happen on TV. And we're like, well, this kind of sucks, you know, and then we were, and then we started cracking jokes, you know, being, you know, a bunch of comic book fans were like, this must, this is a job for Superman or Dr. Doom must be behind this. And we all made all these like comic book <laughs> jokes. So yeah, it was definitely a weird day and, and just, yeah, it led to an even weirder time for a while, you know? <laughs> I mean, for for a long time because yeah. you got to remember, like you got to remember before nine eleven hit and after nine eleven. Just let's talk about it in media terms. Like remember, we had movies like uh, Independence Day. We had movies like Armageddon. You know, and it, it was like you know, destruction was going left and right. And those movies were, like very popular, and we all of the scene. But after nine eleven hit, we didn't see movies like that for a long time. You know, comedies didn't come out. People weren't laughing anymore. Or even when you did see uh, like an end of the world movie, it was like uh, it was like. Uh, what was that Tom Cruise movie? Tom remember Cruise. the Tom Cruise movie? I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> no idea. I'm not that into Tom Cruise. Tropic Thunder? I don't know. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of all no, the fucking the movies, movie. of all the fucking movies you mentioned about 9-11, you bring up Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, because the Tom Cruise movie, it's, it's the movie after Tom Cruise, you know, where aliens attack. It was made by Steven Spielberg. And it was oh, like the war. Oh, War of the Worlds. War, war of right, the Worlds. Yeah. I can't remember the damn That's name right. of it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's Eric. right. <laughs> you had one job, Eric. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyway, but where I was going with that is that you see Independence Day in the 90s, then you see War of the Worlds in the 2000s. <clears throat> Notice that movie wasn't, you know, comedic. It wasn't, you know, laughy. It wasn't like a summer blockbuster. It was very depressing, you know. They very much felt like it was a terrorist attack. Not even yeah. that. I yeah, felt like, the, what, yeah, it wasn't the little girl saying, "Are the terrorists attacking or some shit?" You know, yeah, right? It was, and that was like it was still yeah, fresh in our minds, yeah. because we sat around thinking that was the next thing coming. Yeah. So, not only that, I think it had a big effect on the superhero movies. Also, oh, I yeah, think yeah. I think Spider Man hit at the very perfect oh, yeah. time. Mm-hmm. We needed yeah. it. We needed a movie like that at the time because everybody was depressed. Everybody, you know, didn't really want to see anything because we didn't want to laugh. We didn't want to see a funny action movie. But Spider-Man hit directly because first off, it was in New York. He was a superhero. You know, at the end of the movie, he stood in front of the American flag. You know, at the end when Green Goblin was, you know, about to attack Spider-Man, like the, the people of New York gathered together and helped Spider-Man out. That was like a, a huge moment. You know, I think my theater like clapped when they saw that. You know, that was a big like kids today won't won't think anything about that, but at the time that was a big moment just watching yeah. New York New Yorkers get together and fighting. Yeah, you, know, you, one you bad mess with guy. one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah. That was a big moment. Not even yeah. that, but look at the uh, other superhero movies that came out. Or just movies in general. Like they were dark, they were depressing, there was no joking, no fun about these movies. Like look at Batman Begins. Super, super serious movie. People weren't taking comic book movies that serious. Or even yeah. uh, Casino well, Royale. Casino, without 9-11, we wouldn't have Casino Royale. They were like, you got to be super serious. We can't have jokey, fun, campy. Yeah, but that's a great yeah. movie. It's a great, it is a great movie. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't have jokey, fun, campy James Bond post 9-11. You can't have it. You have to take it super serious. Everything has to be taken super serious. Batman, 
James yeah, Dark, Bond. Dark Knight was basically a direct reaction to how we reacted to 9-11 and what, what did we yeah. do about this terrorist, you know, this unknown terrorist threat. You know, thing is, if you're going to make a movie with a building blowing up, you better, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think that the way the 9-11 happened and the way we all watched it, because it's one thing to hear about a building blowing up, but when the whole country watches buildings fall down, like now if you destroy a building in a movie, like it has to mean something. You know what I mean? Like you can't just, oh, look, we threw a building away. Right. I think we're further enough removed from... 9-11 that you can have these big monster movies with stuff blowing sure. up, but, you know, like, I, I honestly, I think Avengers, as colorful it is, and everything about like that, you couldn't make Avengers back in the early 2000s, like post-9-11. It wouldn't work, especially, yeah. it's in New York, you got all these colorful superheroes, and they always joking around, and Tony Stark's like that, the movie would not work, people would not see it, because they didn't want to see a movie like that at the time. You know, yeah. it was super. But, uh, yeah, like I said, main main thing I wanted to bring in that because I want to make sure that the the younger viewer, young listeners we have, want to make sure they don't forget about nine eleven because it was a a big event that happened when it did happen. That was sixteen years ago. So, yeah, guess guess we can move on from that. So unless anybody else want to add anything else to it, yeah, let's go on. <laughs> yeah, let's go on. Okay. <laughs> now let's go to something else because honestly, I think this is gonna depress me even more. Even though I think Eli is gonna love this part right here. Uh, oh let's go shit! The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're headed there. We're headed there. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about uh, the box office. Now, last last few weeks, the box office has been pretty much boring. Like we didn't care about anything that happened in the box office. But this week has actually been very, very, very interesting. And we're going to talk about some stuff that happened. Uh, there was the number one movie out right now that is pretty much blowing away the competition. I think I exceeded everybody's expectation, and that is it. It right now is at a whopping weekend gross of 123 million, and number two of it, Home Again, is at eight. So yeah, that's Damn. how much it dominated the the weekend this much. I don't even know what Home Again is. That's it. Uh, number three, we have the Hitman's Bodyguards. You know the the Nick Fury and Deadpool movie, I guess. Uh, number four, Animal Creation still hanging in there. When River's still hanging in there, making some good money. And I'm gonna just run through the number ten list. We have Leap, Spider Man Homecoming, Dunkirk, Lucky Logan. And the emoji movie, for some reason, is still hanging around. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Now, we're going to come back to it in just a second. But what I want to talk about right now is Spider-Man Homecoming. Eli, guess what? What happened? Did it beat uh, – is it number two yet? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> but it has a long way to go. It uh, Right now, it is still number four. But it it's is still number four? It's still number four. Yeah. But that's, still- it's better than the Garfield movies. That's all that matters. But Spider-Man 3 is like one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> but at least it's coming away from the best Spider-Man movie ever made. So at least that can make, you know, I can understand how Spider-Man 3 made so much money. I just wanted to be the Garfield movies. That's all. Now, I would like it to be Spider-Man 3, but just be the Garfield movies. That's all I care about. But no. here's the thing. It's no, com- the Garfield movies are great. Oh, come on, man. Come Uh-oh. on. Suck. So at least that first one for sure. <laughs> The Garfield movie. Okay, the first one was watchable. That's oh. all I'm giving it. The first one was oh. watchable. The second one was trash. You guys the just second don't one even was know. absolute trash. That no, Fox. I liked. <laughs> I thought the first one was okay. You know, I enjoyed it because it's a Spider-Man movie. And but the second one, yeah, that, that the second one was a pile of shit. I the first one was redundant. Even if it was a good movie, it was redundant. We're going to sit here and watch Uncle Ben get shot again? Like, yeah. really? 
So, so like you watched, yeah, it was fine. Whatever. But yeah. <laughs> Let, let's not go down this road. Let's but go yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I didn't. I thought Garfield was an old man. He looked like an old man and shit. You know, I remember watching the second one in like the IMAX or, not, or you know, the, the digital ultra screen. You could like see his wrinkles and white hair and shit. Yeah. He's like a 40 year old Peter Parker and shit, graduating college and shit. Well, Homecoming was great though. I will. I will. I think we can. Can we all agree on that? We all. Agree we we on can that, agree right? on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like we'll I said, we're not can we all agree that Spider-Man Three is a pile of shit? Yes. Spy- Spider-Man Three. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. All right. We're good. I'm glad all right. we're all back on the same page. Right. Okay. Smooches. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. But here's the funny thing about it: Spider-Man Three is beating Wonder Woman. Now that ain't right. <laughs> that. <laughs> It's, it's Spider-Man, though. Here's the thing. Regardless of what you think is the better movie, I think that's almost irrelevant because it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's going to sell. That's all it's too. However, domestically-wise, Wonder Woman is still killing Spider-Man. Domestically-wise, Wonder Woman might be one of the highest-grossing movies domestically of all time. Mm-hmm. I think it's number... Where are you, Wonder Woman? All the world is waiting for... Looking for you. I can remember the song. Anyway... Uh, where is it domestic? All time domestic. Do- Wonder Woman is number twenty all time domestic. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, that yeah, that's those numbers are doing the same. And Eli, you were right. The movie is on digital right now. I'm gonna wait for Blu-ray to come out, so I'm not gonna get it right now. But uh, yeah, well, I can't, I can't wait to to own the movie just watch it again because it, it was a great movie. Wonder Woman was better than Spider-Man: Homecoming. I'm gonna admit that, but. I kind of expect Homecoming to beat Wonder Woman at the box office. Like I said, six Spider-Man movie, first Wonder Woman movie, you know. Spider-Man. Yeah. What do you expect? Uh, moving on from that. Oh, before we get to the review, we're going to add in the thing that we were talking about. Now, Eli, you're my Star Wars guy. I, okay. I was my Star Wars guy, but you make me look like shit when it comes to Star Wars. So <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about this for a second, about your, your guy. Okay. Well, it, it broke last week that uh... – Star Wars, the episode nine, the untitled movie, um, has fired director Colin Trevorrow. Is that how you say his name? So he's no longer directing episode nine. Um, right now, of course, it's, you know, the damage control statement, creative differences. We decided to part ways, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's now starting to come out that he was difficult to work with. He has a big ego and all the kinds of shit like that. So they kind of canned him. Um, and now they don't have a director for episode nine. And this is the fourth. Is it the fourth director that has been fired from a Star Wars movie? I believe. Yeah. Cause yeah. you, you got to remember Josh Trank, you know, with the fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's off. right. Yeah. He was supposed to do the <laughs> Boba Fett movie. Uh, <laughs> right. That would have been great though. You yeah. Guys. And he got fired. Um, cause I guess he was out of his mind. And, uh, I guess it was, I, 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 I think they threw him under the bus. I think they threw him under the bus. I heard he was, I heard it was some shit that he was doing during the fantastic four movie. Like the way he That's was acting. Too, yeah. yeah. No, but um, what I heard what they were doing, I can understand what they were doing. I heard they kicked him off the movie. They cut his budget. They brought in another director to undermine his scenes. They changed his scenes on the magazine. So yeah, I would have, they said he flipped out in his kind of start tearing up shit. I would do the same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he was justified. <laughs> Well, they fired him, though. <laughs> I want a movie about the making of the Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably make more money than Finn. <laughs> it would be like Ed Wood and shit, yeah. <laughs> right. 
Oh. Yeah. So right now, yeah, as it stands, episode nine um, has no director. They're they're they have a list, a short list. Everyone was thinking it was going to be Ryan Johnson, the guy who's doing the Last Jedi, but he has come out said he's not going to. There's rumors that they're going to get J.J. Abrams. Um, so don't. we don't we don't know we don't know who's directing it. You know, Michael shit, Bay. So. There you go. Yes. Yes. Give me a Michael Bay Star Wars movie. Zack Snyder, yo. Zack Snyder. How about Zack Snyder and Michael Bay together? Take two. Oh. <laughs> this shit just blowing up for no reason. In slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know how much money that would make? <laughs> Jabba. My mom's name's Jabba, too. <laughs> you ain't just become best friends. <laughs> And then they blow up. <laughs> <laughs> let's move off there. Okay, so like I said, oh, uh, who do you guys? Let, let's go around the room. Who do we think? Who do we want to direct the Star Wars movie? Like I said, we said Zack Snyder, and we said Michael Bay. Serious answer. Hmm. You know, I won't. You know, like, I don't uh, go ahead. You, go I ahead. I have I have some opinions about this, but go ahead. You go, you go okay. first. I'm I'm gonna say Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I, know, I was. Yeah. I, I know, but I know he's not gonna do it. Yeah. Because he already said if George isn't in it, I'm not doing it. I understand it. He was supposed to direct uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, but I think some weird shit happened between then. But I just wish, yeah. I wish George Lucas would give Spielberg his blessing to do a Star Wars movie because that's what I always wanted to see. I think he'd be the perfect guy for a Star Wars movie. You well, know? you know what he did do? He let George Luke, I mean, George Lucas let Spielberg direct uh, a segment of the duel between Anakin and Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith. What? I, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, there's a there's like a sequence in that. I think it's when the when the the big tower falls into the lava, and yeah. they're like swinging around and shit. Yeah, uh, Spielberg got to direct that scene. Oh, it's kind of like when Quentin Tarantino like snuck in. A yeah, scene yeah, in Sin City. City. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, Didn't know that. Yeah. See, that's why you're my Star Wars guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, any uh, other suggestions anybody want to throw around? Or? I mean, honestly, I think it doesn't really matter who's going to direct it because it's obviously they just need a yes man. And this is just a franchise and they just want somebody that's just going to do their job. They have, you know, it's like Feige, you know, Kevin Feige. He's he's kind of running things that well, Kathleen Kennedy is doing that for the Star Wars movies. And she's just the head of the ship and she just needs somebody to get in there and do what you know what they want, what she wants them to do. And I, 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 you know, I think this is, I mean, as much as I like these franchises and these shared universes like the MCU and Star Wars, I do think it's it's kind of putting a damper on filmmakers as far as auteurs and directors with distinctive styles because they're not given their chance to execute their vision when they when they have to answer to a bunch of producers that want them to you know stick to what they want them to do. You know, because like I, I mean, I said that before, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino would never be able to direct a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It'd be too many rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what happened with uh, Guillermo del Toro. Why he can't do Hellboy anymore because he's too damn expensive because he has he likes shooting on real sets and shit like that. And they like, yeah, these fucking movies are too expensive. You're out. We're going to go with somebody else, you know. So, yeah, I think, that, you know, as much as I like these movies, I think they're killing the artistry of filmmakers, you know what I mean? So I don't think it really matters who's going to direct. You're just going to get some, somebody, you know, a young up and comer, you know, 
or somebody that they're familiar with. Like they got Ron Howard doing uh, the, the Han Solo movie now. Someone who's worked with Lucas before, who's cool with them, who knows all of everybody. And they're just, okay, yeah, we're going to hand this over to you because, you know, you know, you're our friend, you know. <laughs> so. Ron, Ron Howard, I could see it. You know, like I said, he, he understands what Lucas films are looking for in a, in a movie. So he can make a Lucas film type movie. Like, didn't he do Willow? He did do Willow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Willow was underrated. A lot of people don't yeah. talk about Willow. Willow's actually a, a great a, movie. Yeah. yeah. I like Willow. Yeah. I don't like swords just, and shit. You just never hear a lot about Willow. I thought it was a good movie, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Move right along. No, okay. Now we can actually move into the review section, which none of us have seen the movie except for Eli. So really? We're pretty Am much, I the only one who saw that shit? You're the only one actually, who saw it. I, Okay, this is going to be my time because I don't even I don't even necessarily want to hear more about this movie. I just want to go see it. Also, it's it's past my Betty buy. Uh, I'm I'm a corporate stiff now. Well, not really. I work at a credit union, so I got to get up in the morning. So oh, you work for the man now. I know, dude. I know. But hey, if you ever want to if you ever want to give me money on interest, let me know. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's been awesome being back with you guys, but. I gotta go sleep. <laughs> cool. Hey, All right, good, old man, man. good luck with the comic. Thank right, you. Cool. <laughs> you guys have a good one. You All too, right, man. All right. All right. So, like I said, you have it. You don't want to watch it. I didn't see it. Now that Eric's gone, spoil the shit out of it for me. I don't care what you think. What, I'm, can I say why I didn't see the movie? Because you're scared? Yeah. <laughs> Call me a pussy. I don't care. Call me a pussy. <laughs> uh, but at the, at the same time, I've, I've never seen the original movie either. I, I have no frame of reference. But like, I don't know where I was when it. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't. Yeah. Well, if you're not a if you're not a horror guy, if you're just not into horror movies, that's not your thing. Then I wouldn't expect you to know. You know, because I remember you told me you never even seen. I mentioned a horror movie a while ago, and you, like a really like a classic one, and you're like, oh, I've never seen it. I'm like, what the really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, for, for like one thing, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch them anyway. Yeah. So a lot of the old classics I didn't see anyway, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, as far I mean, I'll go, I'll do a quick review just to get to because I, I actually did an episode of Geek Savs where we went into you know like an hour, you know, me and Anthony just talked about this shit for an hour. So that for a greater or for a more deeper review check out geek savs our episode about it um but i'll just give it a little uh, quick review here um i i loved it i had a great time you know i saw it opening night well thursday night i got off work early um i looked online saw that there was some seats left uh you know for the late show in i my kid who actually loved the first movie um he saw you know my kids into horror movies and he's been you know he's like me He's been watching them since he was a little kid. He saw the original It when he was little. Then he saw it later on, like a few years ago, and then didn't like it as much. So when he heard that they were making a new one, he was really excited about it. You know, he was so excited that, I, you know, for back to school uh, shopping, I had to take him to Hot Topic and get him a Pennywise shirt, you know, for <laughs> back to wow. school. Wow. I'm basically making like a, a killing on merchandise right now. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I got off work early. I saw tickets online. I was like, snagged them. Let's go. So we went and saw it. Pack theater with a hype crowd. Everyone was laughing, and screaming, and it was just a it was just a really good time, a good old fashioned horror flick. And I actually jumped, and that never happens. I because well, I mean, cause I, you think you've seen everything. So I, yeah, I I haven't jumped from a horror movie 
in decades, since maybe like the Lost World, the Jurassic World. <laughs> and that was like 20 years ago or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I, you know, I just so desensitized from horror movies that, that I don't, I'm just like, you know, I just don't ever jump. I can tell when they're about to come, you know, I'm like jump scare in three, two, one, yeah, there it is, you know. Right. <laughs> so but this, cat walking by or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, this, this movie, there was a part in there that fucking jumped and I like, whoa, shit. And then my kid started laughing. He says, ah, that got you. And I was like, yeah, it did. <laughs> and I started like, good job, movie. It made me jump, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, the characters, all, I mean, it's like the Goonies. You know, if you're a fan of like the Goonies, Explorers, Stand By Me, you know, those 80s nostalgia kid movies where the kids bet lot, lot, like Lost Boys and shit like that. It's kind of like that. These little kids, um, come, to, you know, there's this town that's being terrorized by this creature. It's killing all these kids. And this, like, these rejects, these, these outcast group of kids are like around 12 years old. They band together to fight this creature. And, um, and it's a lot of fun. It, it was, like I said, it's, it's, it's it, like Stranger Things. Like, totally, they, they, they're comparing this movie to Stranger Things, but it's actually, it's the other way around. Stranger Things was really influenced by a lot of, like I said, explorers. Lost Boys, Stephen King shit, you know. So right. yeah, I um and and then and as far as Pennywise, the new Pennywise, the new clown, I thought was awesome because to tell you the truth, I never really liked the old movie. I mean, it was it was it was made for TV, so it 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 suffers from a low TV budget. Um, I thought Tim Curry did fine for what it was, but it's it's a cheap movie. It's very cheaply done. I have read the book, and there's so much stuff that wasn't in it. That, uh, that, yeah, that old movie I thought was, I just thought it sucked. So this movie is leaps and bounds better than that original one. And as far as the clown, yeah, what they did with them, how, the CGI stuff that they, you know, making him contort and twist and it was really cool what they did. So I, I just, like I said, I love the movie, you know, so double thumbs up for me. I want to go see it again. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I didn't know the movie was going to be that huge. You know, I thought it was going to be like another movie because, you know, the box office been kind of slow. So that's why I didn't think it's anything twice about it. I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of it's kind of like a peer pressure thing going right now. <laughs> when I see everybody has seen it, I'm like, well, damn, I, I feel like I'm left out now. You know, Yeah, and it's and it's not like as far as like the horror, there's some creepy scenes in there. Yeah, but it's not like really brutally. Hard. I mean, it is rated R, so it does push the envelope here and there. But it's just really fun. It's 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 like a fun horror movie. It's not like overly violent and brutal and just there to you know fuck with you. It's 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 actually it's in the end it's it's more about the relationship of these kids and how they come together. And I think that's why people are really getting into it because it's sort of resonating with audiences where you have like this nation who are split up. We're all kind of like politically divided right now, and you know. Uh, you know, here's this movie about these kids who unite together and, and to face this common threat. And I think that's what the movie's really about is this unity, this, this love for each other that just they, they come together to overcome their fears. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why because it's funny that, you know, this is whole Stephen King's been fucking with Donald Trump on Twitter. These past few months. <laughs> and he that's actually blocked him yet. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually <laughs> called. Donald Trump, Pennywise is like we elected Pennywise as president. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of, so you can draw those parallels with you know this movie as far as how 
we are as a nation right now. We are all kind of divided. There's just like this fear, underlying fear with everybody. We're all kind of like at each other's throats and shit and wondering. There's like this, there's this anxiety going on in the nation right now. And these, and in this movie, these kids come together to, to face their fears and, and overcome it. It's, so it's, it's at the core, this movie has a really positive message. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, I, I feel like I need to watch this movie. Uh, do you think it would be better if I watched the old movie on TV? Or like, does it matter? Um, I, you, I don't know. I mean, you might, I, I'd say don't waste your time, you know, because if you watch this movie, you're like, oh, that movie sucked. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. I mean, this one, the, the old movie was, it, 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 it tackled the whole novel and the, the novel is really big. It, it deals with the kids and then it, and it comes back later and then after they come back as adults to fight it again. And that's kind of why this book is so long. And this move, this first movie just concentrates on the kids and then they're making yeah. a part two where they, they're going to grow up and fight it again. So the part two is, you know, you know, that it's going to come out in another couple of years. And, and yeah, so, but this one is just about the kids. So I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, I read the book and saw the movie, and I still liked it. I still, you know, got into it. I the core of the story's there. You could go in blind and just check it out, and you know, without any expectations, and you know, just enjoy it because I think it works on that level too. Awesome. Okay. So, all right, give me your rating out of five. Oh, um, ah, shit. Since since I have read the book and all that shit, and I you know there's that those expectations there, um, that there were stuff that I would have liked to have seen that isn't in the that's in the book but that isn't in the movie. I'll give it a four point five out of five. You know, overall it was okay. just a it was just a really great time. You know, it was a great adaption. It didn't stick one hundred percent you know to the story, but as far as just a a movie. And the movie going experience, I had a blast. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Good rating. So, uh, yeah, like I said, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, Eli's recommendation. If you want to hear more in depth on it, definitely go look at Geek Staff. Uh, cause like I said, I haven't seen it, so I can't go into detail about it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving on from that, I guess we can move on to, like I said, for the big screen to the small screen. We can talk about something that we actually haven't talked about and addressed at all. We, you know, the, the Teen Titans thing. I guess we have talked about the Teen Titans thing, but we got a lot more casting choices coming out. And I think they're almost, uh, full with everything that's coming out because they just announced that they have the, the villain. I don't know the name of the villain, but I think the name is The Acolyte. You know, that's his name. Some guy named I've never heard of him before. He's whatever. I don't I'm not really a big Teen Titans guy, you know. But Yeah, yeah. I am reading yeah. the new I like I said, I am reading the new one, the new book with uh Aqualad Damien's running the team. So I don't know what variation they're gonna make this movie well they kind of they kind of picking and choosing because that's what i was going to run through some of the castings because some of the castings that i'm seeing of the characters have nothing to do with the titans but they're in there i'm mm -hmm. just gonna run through real quick okay so we have brendan thwaites as dick grayson and i heard he was okay. gonna be robin but some people saying he might be nightwing i don't know whatever i saw the pick of the guy he looks robin e you know i guess yeah he's perfectly fine he may be a good actor like I said, and uh, Dwap, we talked about her. That's gonna be Starfire. We talked about her on another uh, on a previous episode. So yeah, that's fine. 
uh, Tegan Croft as Raven. Don't know who that is. Yeah, this is what I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I want to talk about. Alan Richson. Alan Richson is going to be Hank Hall, which is Hawk. Now, that one actually, you know, excited me and disappointed me at the same time. Because I'm glad he's a he. I think he's a good actor. I think he's like one role away from like really being that guy. I think he could be that guy to carry his own movie. Okay, uh, who, who is this guy but, now? I'm not sure who he is. Oh, you don't know this guy? Okay. Oh, well, I, you refresh my memory. Okay, okay. Uh, he. I'm gonna say this, but I know you're not gonna reference. He was Aquaman on Smallville. Okay, that's strike <laughs> okay. one. I know you didn't. But, but, but. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna throw another one at you. Okay. Have you seen Blue Mountain State? Is that that football show? Yeah. I, I have seen a few episodes, but I wouldn't remember. <laughs> you would remember him. The show sucked. But he was like the standout thing in the show. Thad, the, the muscle-bound football guy. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man, you're killing me. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Look, he was on American Idol. <laughs> okay. Is that helping? Uh, no, but okay. <laughs> Does he sing? Is it, was he singing? Well, he actually sucked at singing, but he got kicked off because I think he tried to uh, make a pass at J-Lo or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he, he think he took his shirt off and tried to make a fill his abs. I don't know. Okay. He was <laughs> Raphael in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Uh, as the voice? Yeah. Not, so voice I, so, and mo Okay. Oh. So, I, okay. Well, I, I probably heard his voice. He was Raphael? Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well, good for him. He's got this <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this guy, Alan Richard, because actually he was a fan favorite to be Shazam. Everybody wanted the guy to be Shazam. I think he even tweeted about that he may or may not be up for the role and things like that. But now that he's been announced as Hawk, you know, was going to be on this role. And I think he's going to be doing a great job as Hawk. I think he'll probably be the standout of that show also because everybody else in the show, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck these people are. But now that he's not going to be Shazam, that means that it rolls up for somebody else and. You know who's been in the rumor mill to be Shazam now? No. John Cena. Really? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I, I haven't heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're saying John Cena's like the front runner for us. I don't know if that's going to happen. I can see it. Yeah, uh, John Cena's Shazam, I think he would kill it as a role. Actually, he's a pretty funny actor, too, because they had him in like other roles like that when he was like the end of, you know, uh, Daddy's Home. I think he was in that Amy Schumer movie or whatever like that. So he he can play the role. He can do it. So if they can't get Alan Richin, who I thought would have been a front runner to be Shazam and would have been that guy, they get John Cena to do it. Awesome. And then give me Black Adam as The Rock and have John Cena versus The Rock <laughs> and have go. go at each other. And I'm gonna just throw money at the screen. That's there all I go. want. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I said, that's just Hawk. Now, are you familiar with Hawk and Dove? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, there were comic book duo in D.C. that I think they just thought of the name and just really didn't think of anything past that. Uh, Hawk is strong, Dove is fast, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, Dove was Hank's brother at one time. I think his brother died or whatever. So they replaced Dove with a girl who was Don Granger. And the actress they have playing Dove to Hawk and Dove is Minka Kelly. Now, please tell me you know who this is. I believe so. That's, name sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she was like sixties woman of the world, uh twenty eleven or something. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's one <laughs> of uh Alan Rodriguez or Aaron Rodriguez, A Rod's 
whatever. Oh, one of those bitches? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it might have been the other one. What was not Who's Derek A-Rod Jeter? with? Might have been. Who's, who's A-Rod with now? Is that uh, I don't know. Is that I, Olivia I, I, Munn? I Air, no, I no. A-Rod. Olivia Munn's with Olivia Munn's fucking a football player, right? Uh, that's uh the Packer guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Rogers is it Aaron Rodgers? Aaron, yeah, we are not sports guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just clear this. Hey, I, I watched the Vikings play tonight. The you watched the Vikings won. play tonight. Yeah. I was gonna put that on the list. I was gonna put the Vikings on the list because they played the Saints tonight, right? Yeah. Okay. A- Adrian, Adrian Peterson is on the Saints. <laughs> oh wow. Here's the thing. Okay, I know we're getting sidetracked, but let's go ahead and talk about this right now. Because, like I said, you live in Minnesota, so I know you're a Vikings fan. Here's the thing. I live in Mississippi. Everybody in Mississippi is either two fans. They're either Saints fans or they're Cowboys fans. And down in Mississippi, when you're watching regular TV, like on Sunday on Fox and NBC and CBS, those are the only two games you will see. It's either going to be a Saints game or it's going to be a Cowboys game. That's it. Personally, okay. I hate the fucking Saints. <laughs> They are fucking okay. terrible. They had one good year back in 2009. They've sucked ever since then. Like Everybody when they beat the fucking Vikings? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, far fucked up and but, threw that interception. You know what? I was going for the Vikings that year. <laughs> I just, not because I like the Vikings. I just wanted to beat the Saints. Because <laughs> I'm sick of the Saints fans around here. Because every time the Saints do something, you can't, they won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a Falcons fan. I'm I'm really from Atlanta, so I'm a Falcons fan. But you can't oh, be a Falcons okay. fan against the Saints fan. So I just shut the fuck up most of the time. But anyway, <laughs> I think we talked enough about sports, and I think we talked enough about Teen Titans also, because <laughs> <laughs> we know as about as, about as much as either one of those. So. <laughs> Uh yeah, so yeah, now we can move to the video game side. And normally I like to keep the video game side pretty, you know, entertaining and light, enjoy stuff like that. But. Uh, this is not the time. Apparently in the news, Eli, have you ever heard of PewDiePie? I have. I never really watched his shit. My kid talks about him. He 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 knows who he is. Yeah. PewDiePie is currently, and I don't know if it's still true or not, he has the largest YouTube channel, period, on YouTube. Like, nobody else beats him. He has the largest channel. He has the most subscribers. Also, like, the most views, everything, PewDiePie. And what PewDiePie does, for people that don't know who PewDiePie is, he is a video game streamer. That's all he does, does nothing else. He may do some other shit and whatever like that, but that's what he's known for video game streaming. Uh, Eli, you a fan of video game streaming? Not really. Okay. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. I watch it, you know, because, you know, I, I like to watch Street Fighter. I like to watch high-level Street Fighter players play. Anyway, let's get to the news of what PewDiePie is doing. So PewDiePie is back in the news. Uh, because of one of his live streams, which I guess was last week, a couple of days ago, he dropped the N-word. So, yeah. And PewDiePie is Swedish, so, yeah. We kind of <laughs> frown upon him using the N-word, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a black guy to be named PewDiePie. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's race. I don't know if that's racist or not. But just <laughs> you just assume his- <laughs> everybody gets pissed over everything nowadays. But man, what I don't understand. Okay, PewDiePie used the N word, and I saw the clip. I went back on YouTube and I saw the clip. I like he didn't just use it casually. Like he used it to insult somebody. Like he used. Like he oh, didn't shit. use it in. You know how you put the Ooh, A did, at the end of did, did he, he hard R? He did the hard R. He put the E R R R R. You know that. Ooh, Stuck that landing, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, first off, I don't like PewDiePie, and not because of this. I never liked PewDiePie anyway. I I never got him. 
I think there are better, you know, video game streamers than him at what he does. They are they are better at playing. They are funnier, have better personalities. They play more interesting games. They have better content. They teach you how to play these games. This is just some jackass that just yelled on screen all the time. And he's always saying offensive shit. This isn't the first time. That's why I'm saying he's back in the news because him saying the N-word isn't the first thing he did. He like, you know, the first time he was in the news was controversial shit. Did he say, did he use something, a gay slur or something? Uh, no, no, it was actually about Jews. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he paid somebody $10 to write, I hate Jews or kill Jews on their screen, and he broadcast it on just to see if they would do it, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so it's like this guy is tone deaf to you know, to his audience. Like, you don't do stuff like that and think you're going to get a laugh out of it. Like, who laughs at stupid shit like that? You know, uh, Jews are using the N-word on TV and stuff like that. But you know what? You know what, Eli, and I think I talked about this before, but it's kind of like the gaming culture. That's oh, just yeah. Because they accept stuff like that. Like I said, PewDiePie has a large following. And the funny thing about it, like, you hear a guy use the N-word that has the largest following on YouTube. You think everybody would be at, you know, band together, but like, hey, that's wrong. You got a bunch of people coming out defending them. Oh, well, he used it in a different context, and it was using when streaming. And oh, these SJWs are getting out of hand. Like that, he said that, the N word. That wasn't his oh, real self. That was his virtual self. Right. I'm like, what the? Fuck? I, I, his, I, 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 his avatar said. <laughs> right. I mean, are we there? Are we finally going that far where people can't even get offended about somebody using the N word? That's what I don't get about it. Uh, and like I said, it's about the gaming culture because when it boils down to it, like I said, I we we talked about this a couple a uh, couple episodes ago. When you go online, you don't talk about you don't talk to people playing first person online because we know the gaming community. They are racist, they are sexist, they are homophobic, they are xenophobic, they are bigoted. Uh, yeah, it's, and they will. That's just basic, and that's yeah. just it's basically that's a live a live. It's a live Facebook thread, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. And that's the funny thing about like like PewDiePie, yes, PewDiePie said the N-word one time. We caught him saying the N-word one time on it. But at the same time, you go on Call of Duty, you're gonna hear it about four or five times every minute. They just throw it out just for no reason. It's all these twelve year olds saying it's like they, they think it's common to say stuff like that. And and man, this is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> I know it's twenty seventeen. I know we're in a cultural climate now where subtle racism is out the door and you can just do and just say whatever you want to say. I, I know we're at that level now, but we are not at the level now where you can just say the N-word just freely and publicly all you want to. You say it around the wrong person, you will get your ass whooped. I'm just letting you know that now. Don't yeah. let your president get you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Oh, uh, Eli, have we talked about this enough? Sure, yeah, I think we're doing Okay, yeah, we moved on, because I don't want to talk about PewDiePie ever again. Honestly, if it was some (laughs) asshole with, like, 300 views, and he said the N-word every five minutes, honestly, I wouldn't care. But the thing is, because PewDiePie has such a huge following, and we're on, you know, this razor's edge of, you know, know, political climate that we're at right now, when he says stuff like that, and if nobody puts him in check or nobody holds him accountable, then you got these other assholes that's under him that follow him that's going to think it's okay. So yeah. you are going to have, you know, some little kid just run up to me and, you know, just call me the N-word. No, you're not going to do that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not going to happen. So, yeah, we can move. Uh, now, one more news in video game music, uh, video games that I want to talk about. Uh, Eli, guess what? 
What's up? Mario's not a plumber anymore. Okay, he shouldn't have been. I would have thought. You know, he's like rescued the princesses a bunch of times. I would think he would yeah. have got. I think he would have got a better job after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's been a doctor and he's been a race car driver and he's been a referee and stuff like that. Uh oh, you know, he was a donkey. A lot of people don't know he was a Donkey Kong. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. Jumpman. That's that's where he, we started. That's, that that was his origin. Yeah. Yeah, that was the origin. Then, yeah, I don't. Here's the funny thing about Mario. Mario is always he always is with me, and he always looked like Ron Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I remember seeing, cause remember he had that that TV show with Kathleen Lou Albano. Remember the wrestler Kathleen Lou Albano was on there. But I always used to get Kathleen Lou Albano who, confused with Ron Jeremy. Mario or Alon Ron Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> they both look alike. <laughs> Captain Lou, Ron Jeremy, the, are, they, are they the same guy? So I don't know if I was watching the porno where Ron Jeremy was playing Captain Lou Battle playing Mario. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this conversation is. Yeah, man. Whatever it is, it sounds awesome. I was, yeah. <laughs> it's just all one big blur. I don't know. <laughs> oh, anyway, I guess we can move past that because I got nothing else on, on Mario being a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so now we can talk about like i said we use this used to say the last part for the comic book section and to be honest with you two things happened uh well one thing happened is that there was really no interesting comics coming after like i said secret empire is done and i need a break like i said it just burned me out i was i was done i was gonna do this big blowout with a bunch of land wing comics but at the same time i was like eh. i talked about it at the beginning of it i didn't want to go that right anymore so we decided to pay a tribute, and I guess it's like our third tribute we've done on this show so far, this last tribute we're going to do. Yeah, this is the 25th ish, uh, 25th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series, the yes. cartoon that completely revolutionized Batman in the in the pop culture, like completely, not just pop culture, but in comics also. So I guess we could say that for the comic book section, because he did so much for comic books in general, just Batman, it, it's such a huge deal. Oh, uh, I mean, Eli, you want to add anything about about the show, about what you think about it? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was an adult at the time it came out. I was already like in college uh, uh, when it came out, and and it was surprisingly cool. Like, I surprisingly enjoyed it because you got to understand, this was what ninety two. Is that what? Yeah, it was? so like it was like right. It was yeah. before Batman Returns, but after Batman. Yeah, and I remember. Um, because 89 Batman was huge. That bat, It was like Batmania everywhere. That was like Star Wars for like that generation. You know, Bat, yeah. 89 Batman. And for like those couple years, it was Batman all over the place. Cereals, merchandise, all over shirts and I still everything. remember my sweater. Yeah. And PJs. Oh, Batman and sweater. Yeah. yeah. It was like the whole culture was just oversaturated with Batman. Then you had the second movie – you know, Batman Returns coming out. And I remember it was just Bat. I was starting to kind of get sick of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, I, and I had heard about this show that, you know, they were doing this new cartoon. And I hadn't really watched it until one time. And it was funny because I, I, I went to visit New York. Um, and I was at my grandma's house. And I got just, just got done smoking a joint. And you know how you when you hang out with your grandma, she cooks you food and shit. And you just kind of lounge around and shit. She babies right. you and shit. So that's what I was. I was like sitting her high at my grandma's house, 
and um, she only had, you know, the little TV with you know, no cable. So it was like the only channel she caught was, I think, Fox, you know. And that then all of a sudden the Batman cartoon came on. And I hadn't seen it yet. So you know what the first episode I ever saw was that Mr. Freeze episode. The, the Heart uh, of Ice. Heart of Ice. That was the very first yeah. Batman uh, animated series episode I ever saw. And I remember just thinking, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, it was dark. It was like the old – it was drawn in that old school style and shit. And I just remember being – you know, I was high and just like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know. And eventually I went to college and like there was like a time before I, – I lived in the dorms and right before dinner, you can go down to the cafeteria and get your dinner and shit. Um, right. I, had, I had about an hour to kill before dinner time. And every day after class, I would sit there. I had a TV in my dorm room. And me and my buddies, we'd throw on the TV and we would watch Batman before dinner. And then, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I it, it was it, it turned out to be surprisingly cool for a cartoon, you know, during a time when, like I said, Batman was just kind of all over the place and just just I was like I said, I was getting sick of Batman. And yeah. Batman the animated series made Batman cool again. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that was, I felt like that was my introduction in the Batman. Like I said, I remember the Batman 89 movie. Love the Batman 89 movie. Uh, love Batman Returns, you know, with Penguin and Catwoman. But at the same time, I feel like those movies were still just scratching the surface of Batman. Yeah, it was reinterpreting what Batman was, but he was still fighting the same guys. Yeah, we've seen Joker before. Yeah, we've seen Pat Penguin before. We've seen Catwoman before. But the TV show, the cartoon, it felt like you was digging into Batman's mythos. Yeah. Like you were learning more about it. Like you were learning about each of these characters. You found more about yes. Batman and the Batcave. And Bruce Wayne was way more interesting. Like I didn't know he was like this playboy asshole in, in the TV show. And it was like Kevin Conroy playing both voices, but he played it so good. It did seem like it was two different guys. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, I remember like the Batman, the old Batman TV show back in the 60s and stuff like that. Now, yeah. Eli, you remember that Mr. Freeze was a character, like a bad guy on that show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So what would mess me up was like, like, I remember Mr. Freeze on this show, but he's like way cooler now. Yeah. Than it was on this show. Like, like he was a joke on this show before, you know, and, and, and that's the thing about the Mr. Freeze show that it and that's kind of the, the point of the Batman anime series that it was so popular and they did so much to Batman's mythos. Like Mr. Freeze was a dead forgotten villain in the show. I mean, no, in the in the comics, in the comics at the time. He became so popular, they had to dig him up. They had to, like, resurrect him out of nowhere, even though he had been missing comic for, like, decades because the fans wanted him in the comics. They were like, well, we got to put him in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't just that. Like, Batman was fighting more interesting villains that I've never seen him fight before. Like, like Joker's cool, Riddler's cool, Penguin's cool, but they all got the same – Two-Face is cool, but they all got the same gimmick. You know, they're basically uh, the themed criminals. And they got these bad guys, criminal masterminds, and they rob banks, shit like that, kind of the same. But the cartoon took it a different level. Now he's fighting Man Bat. You know, yeah. he's not Clay, like, Clay Clayface. Like, Clay I, never knew who, I never knew who the fuck Clayface was until like he was like this zombie looking there. What the fuck is that? You and know? I was like, that was the coolest shit ever. Yeah. You know? yeah. I was like, this like, is for little me. kids. Like little kids right. watch this shit. Yeah, like, it was like gangsters. Me. It was like gangsters right. shooting Tommy guns like he was and shit. Suffocating Batman yeah. and shit. I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> Like, Batman used to get fucked up on this show. You know what I used to love about this show? Batman interrogating criminals. Uh-huh. That shit was, like, scary as fuck. Like, you didn't see shit like that on a cartoon. Like, he was scared the fuck out of criminals. Like, tell me where the fuck Clayface is. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. No, like, like, it's a cartoon? <laughs> yeah. And he would, like, drown motherfuckers in the shit with the Batmobile and stuff. <laughs> and, and, like, like 
poison eyes like so he was it was like a sci-fi element involved in the batman that you know they never took that you know in the movies and the cartoons and the comics stuff like that like so you're saying batman fight these superpowered bad guys so like they're like whoa like batman is a badass you're saying batman get fucked up you see batman get shot you see where episodes where batman might get blind stuff like that like or he just might make bad mistakes and just bad decisions stuff like that uh do you remember the episode when robin quit uh vaguely yeah 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 because yeah, you know uh it was, it was i'm gonna talk about the episode later on but basically batman you know was hunting down a criminal and like beat the fuck out of him in front of his family you know mm-hmm. and he was like tell me yeah. where the Riddler is a two-faced or something like that and rob was like man what the hell are you doing you know he's sitting there looking at his kids you know horrified right there getting that you know dad get the shit beat out of him and robin was like no get out get off him you know and you know we went further down from there but it was just so much like some episodes, Batman didn't even fight a bad guy. Like some episodes, he was like just going around like helping people. Or I remember one episode where like he was with the preacher, and the preacher had a like his brother was a criminal stuff like that, and Batman didn't even fight the guy. You know, he just spent the entire episode just like making him and his you know preacher brother you know you know rekindle their relationship. And I was like, man, this is got like some adult shit they're doing, man. You know, this is some real shit. Yeah. I only remember. Yeah, remember Mask of the Phantasm? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that was that was way beyond the time. First off, the the score, the score of that movie, like the musical score of that cartoon, Mask of the Phantasm, was better than any of Batman movies. <laughs> it was insane. Like anybody that don't believe me, go back and listen to that intro of that. That shit was insane. And that whole cartoon is an animation of it and the story of it, and it was almost like a a kind of an adaptation of Batman Year One. And oh, we got to talk about the Joker. We got to talk about. We got to talk about Mark Hamill. Yeah, because Mark yeah. Hamill is the best Joker of all time. I, I mean, agree. Kevin Conroy is the best Batman of all time. I totally agree. Yeah, because he took him to a whole level. It, it, he he brought layers to him. You know, he wasn't just one note like everybody else made him. He he made Joker feel like yes, he was a criminal mastermind. That when he got serious, he could take Batman down. Everyone. He didn't feel like he was random. He felt like he knew everything he was doing. He was dangerous. He was playful, and you didn't know what he was going to do next. And we got to talk about yeah, – Eric's gone, right? Eric, you're not still here, are you? No, he's gone. Okay, because I was about to piss him off with what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because we have to talk about Harley Quinn. Yeah. Well, yeah, she was from the show. She was from the show. Oh, also from the show also was uh, Renee Montoya. Don't know if a lot of people That's remember. right, yeah. Yep. She was originally – and Bullock and was the Bullock in the also. comics? Was Bullock in the comics? No, no, no. Bullock was show? back in the seventies. Bullock back. In the oh, okay, 70s. okay, okay. Yeah, Lucius Fox was too. Like, but that, that, but that's the thing. Like, like Bullock was in the comics, but he kind of disappeared from the comics. But when mm-hmm. the when the show you know made him popular, they brought him back. Same thing with Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox mm-hmm. back in the seventies also. We didn't really see him much, but the show kind of made him brought him back. So all the stuff that the cartoon was doing, the comic books had to add this stuff in to make him make it popular again. Because like Poison Ivy was like back in the 70s and stuff like that but she was gone but she became so popular they had to bring her back in the comics so you, because people want to see him killer croc killer croc was gone you know mm-hmm. but in, he popped up in nightfall so i'm sitting here reading you know like bane was in the comic books but the first thing he did when he came to gotham was beat the fuck out of killer croc i'm like well damn okay well he beat the fuck out of killer croc and i know killer croc is from the cartoon he's a bad motherfucker and he proved he was he just beat the fuck out of everybody you know so yeah, the cartoon just just did so much, man. Uh, uh, it made me a fan of Batman, and and that and some of those stories on there, like I said, Heart of Ice, one of them was like some of those were just some of the best Batman stories you'll ever 
read, see, hear anything. Like Mad Love. Mad Love is yeah. one of the best Batman stories of all time. Because it really brought together like the Harley Quinn uh relationship. Now you know the the heart the the Mad Love story was actually a comic first. Like Paul Dini and Bruce Tan wrote that comic in the Batman comic series stuff like that. They just adapted to the cartoon. But it was still in the Batman animated series storyline stuff like that. But yeah. it was just interesting. But it kind of brings to you like understand what type of character Harley Quinn is. Like yeah, Harley Quinn is an abusive relationship with Joker. But she's no angel herself. Like, they threw that shit in there real quick. Like, yeah, she has a Ph.D., but she fucked her way to get her Ph.D. Like, she screwed all her professors, you know. And she only went after the Joker because she knew going after a high-profile client, the Joker would make her famous. She just wanted fame, fortune, stuff like that. Joker knew that and twisted her mind and manipulated her. And, man, I'm like, this is a cartoon. Yeah. (laughs) Like you, you, I was watching He Man before this shit. Yeah. Transformers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was that one episode where like Gordon got shot by like some mobster and he's in the hospital and, and like Batman like trying to protect him and it was like the Godfather. Like it was <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like I said, and it's like this. Like it was like they were using guns and shit and like that for because I remember GI Joe, they had guns but they shot lasers. And this, yeah, yeah, they shot laser stuff like that. <laughs> but these um, guns were actually like shooting bullets, and like this is, and these were like, like this was like a straight up criminal, like a straight up mob, mob boss. He wasn't in a a, a, a super villain costume. No, he was all in a suit and tie and shit. And that's the thing is the show looked like so, like it had like this. It introduced this other world of like what I what I envisioned Gotham to be. It's like this other universe like this alternate universe this dark city where you can't tell it looks like it's in the it's taking place like in the 40s or 50s but there's computers and all this technology it's got like this timeless element and that's what i really liked about like the design it's just like i love the universe of gotham city you know yeah yeah um uh, i mean as far as like favorite episodes i mean going back to the joker one of them is that one with uh what's the guy's name charlie collins or whatever the with the guy who he, he he like cuts off the joker he's like driving he's like this loser guy he's got a shitty job and he's driving home he's oh all pissed yeah off. i remember that episode and he like and cuts off the joker and the joker like tracks him down and like tells well, him he's he got, like a year later or something yeah he like keeps like tab the guy ends up moving and changes his name and shit and the joker like a year later shows up at his doorstep it just shows you how psychotic like the joker w- was and like he still he stalked this guy even though he tried to move away and change his name and shit and, <laughs> and then the guy went nuts <laughs> at the end he almost killed the joker like batman had right. to come save the joker from that guy <laughs> like, <laughs> Because he was fucking with him so much. And that's what I like about, I know one of my episodes is Heart of Ice. You know, one one thing I like about Heart of Ice so much is because if you really look at it, Mr. Freeze wasn't even the villain of that episode. It Mm -hmm. was that that other guy, that Ferris Boyle guy, his boss that fucked him over. That was actually the real villain of it because, like I said, he was raising prices. uh, He was putting factories out of business. He was trying to take uh, Victor Freeze, you know, formula and use it for himself, you know, to make money off of it. He basically thought he killed Victor Freeze. Victor Freeze would just come back to get revenge on the guy that fucked him over. You know, so Batman was going to have to, you know, Victor Freeze to show, you know, vengeance is in the way, you know, it's about justice. But it was like you see Mr. Freeze point like it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was a tragic character. He was a sympathetic character. 
Yeah. You know, okay. Totally now, can can we agree on something? And I've been arguing with fans left and right about this. Harvey Dent. Yeah. Was Two Face black on that show? I didn't think he was black. He looked black to me. I'm sorry. Did he? he did. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I've seen some people argue with me all day. Like, oh, you just you was just imagining that he's not black. And then I've had other people agree with me. Like, yeah, I saw it the whole time. Yeah, he's black. And it hit, now let me go back and let me see why I think I, I trace the bread comes back to Harvey Dent. Because, okay, you remember Batman 89, right? You know who yeah. played Harvey Dent in that, right? Yeah, Billy D. Billy D, right, Billy D. He was supposed to, you know, they were planting the seeds to make him be Two-Face later on. That didn't happen, whatever like that. He did play Two-Face in Batman, Lego Batman, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. you know, to bring it all back. So when I looked at Harvey Dent in the cartoon, now keep in mind that everybody in the cartoon did kind of mimic how the movies look. Like, look at Penguin. Penguin looked like he did in the movie. Uh, Catwoman, Selena Kyle had blonde hair. Like Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer. Selena Kyle had never had blonde hair in the comics before Michelle Pfeiffer played her. So mm-hmm. now if you got all this going on, then you got Billy D. Williams, and now you're playing Two-Face. And just look at Two-Face. First off, he definitely did look tanner than everybody else on the show. He had bigger lips. I'm sorry. I'm looking <laughs> at his lips on there. That, it, those, those are some black lips he have right there. And when you put him next to other people, especially like the Poison Ivy episode when he was you know, supposed to engage in Poison Ivy, he definitely looks darker. So I'm putting all these pieces together, and I'm like, now nah, I'm like, Two Face is black. It's obviously you can look at him and tell. But I don't know. I argue with people all the time. I mean, about I, this. I guess I'm looking at him now. I can tell how he could kind of look black. I guess. Yeah. I mean, like now, that, now that. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I always thought Two-Face was black. Now, a lot of people said the same thing about Lex Luthor on the on the Superman animated series. And he definitely did kind of like that at first. But I think the more they got criticized on that, the lighter and lighter he got on his show, eventually he looked, you know, you know, like a white guy. But, but yeah, Two-Face... I, I never thought he was black, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Two-Face, I, I'm sorry. Every time I watch this show, a black guy jumps out at me at Two-Face. I'm like, I, I can't see anything else but a black guy. That's just me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm putting my oh now speaking of, on there, but I, I'm, speaking of Two Face, I remember that episode, the the one where uh, it was a Two Face episode where at the end I think Batman was about to uh, or Two Face was about to do something to Batman, but he had to flip his coin first, and he flipped the coin, and then Batman threw up a bunch of change, and it yeah. fucked him up, and <laughs> yeah, and I, and, and then. Yeah. And yeah, and then he, it ended up uh, in the movie. Was it Batman Forever? When yeah, Two Face, the they, they yeah. used that same ending. And I remember watching that movie, the one with Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, and they did that same thing where he flipped the coin and Batman threw up a bunch of quarters in the air and it fucked him up. And I was like, Hey, that was from the cartoon. Fuck this movie. The was- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so see, I didn't want to go there, Rob, but now you brought up. You know, a sore spot in Batman, but we got to talk about Batman and Robin, the movie. Because, okay. Like I said, Mr. Freeze was the bad guy of that, that show. I mean, that movie and Poison Ivy, both of them were main characters in the comic book. See, the thing is, Mr. Freeze actually never had an origin in the comics. The the cartoon invented his origin, his name, his origin, everything. So Nora, him getting attacked, you know, by Forrest Ferris, uh, whatever the guy's name was, that stuff didn't exist. That's cartoon. So in Batman and Robin, when Mr. Freeze was doing all this stuff, like he was a scientist, his name was Victor Freeze, and he got put in a bath and he got the suits up like that. 
all that came from the cartoon. They were adapting the cartoon in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, badly, the movie still sucks. Yeah. yeah, badly, Dave. <laughs> Freeze well. <laughs> Ice to see you. Yeah. Now, here's my thing. I think <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger was so bad, he was good in that movie. <laughs> I'm done, that's just me. You know what? I never saw... Batman and Robin until a few years ago. Like, I, I never saw it. Like, I refused to. When it came out, I was like, fuck that shit. And I never saw it until, like, year, like, just a few years ago. I picked up, like, the, you know, the Walmart four pack. Cause I wanted right. to see 89 Batman. And I was like, oh, hey, there's a Batman on DVD. And I, and it came with them, all four of them. And so I got them all four for 10 bucks. And there was sitting there. I was like, you know what? I've never seen this fucking movie yet. And I threw That's it in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I finally saw it, like, you know, just a few years ago. Um, yeah, that's all I got about that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, like I said, we had the, the Batman uh, TV show was awesome. Then it was also something else that sprung from the Batman TV show, which was also Batman Beyond. Now, like I said, oh, yeah. Batman Beyond was a good show also. But the very best thing that came out of Batman Beyond, and you know what I'm talking about, was that, uh, that movie. Batman Return of the Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To me, to me, that, that little 20 seconds, whatever like that, was the best thing that came out of Batman the Animated Series all together. Like, all the episodes, all the TV shows, everything, that scene right there, that was amazing. The last fight between Batman and the Joker, how he did with uh, Tim Drake, and that was just amazing. I was like, whoa, that was... I wasn't expecting that. That was mind-blowing to me. That's the best thing that they ever did with that show. That's been any episode, anything. Oh, there was one episode that did stick out to me. Do you remember the episode where uh they were fighting Scarecrow, and he made everybody think that he killed uh, Batgirl? Are you are we talking about Beyond or the animated series? No, we're talking about the animated series, yeah. Um, I, I vaguely now. I mean, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Basically... Uh, it was like one of the episodes, like the the you know when they changed the animation style and stuff like that. So Scarecrow hit everybody with fear attacks and made everybody think he killed he killed uh, Batgirl, and it was just like this weird fever dream that really didn't happen, but it made everybody basically. Oh, I think yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, he went to war with Batman. It was funny because soon as Batgirl died. And he saw that it was Barbara Gordon. Yeah, like, it was all a dream. Yeah, it was all a dream at the end or some shit. It was, it was all a dream, but it was just yeah. so awesome. Like, it was like their worst fear. Like, what would have happened if, if Commissioner Gordon would have went after Batman? This shit was insane. Like, yeah, he freed out of that, prison no. to go after him. And he was taking out the, the, you know, his sidekicks one by one. I was like, man, that was just awesome. Even though it wasn't a real episode, it was still just an awesome episode, you know. Yeah, a what-if so, story, yeah. Yeah, it was basically a what-if elsewhere stuff. It's still pretty awesome, so... Uh yeah, like I said, uh, Batman animated series, awesome show. That's the show that made me fall, fall in love with Batman because it made me understand Batman. It made yeah. me understand him. As I mean, a I, 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 and I'm not afraid to admit, I like most of my Batman knowledge came from that show. You know. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too, so. Oh man, so like I said, do we have anything else to talk about Batman animated series? Nah, but just that it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Definitely go yeah, see it. Yeah. Yeah. Whole Check thing. All the, all the shows. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it, it was fun. Uh, like I said, we finally got Eric back on the. Well, 
we got Eric on this show for the first time, even though he was on the old show like plenty of times before that. But came in for a brief time. Definitely check out Get Valiant. Want to hear more Eric on there where they just talk Valiant, Valiant, Valiant all day long. Uh, also, Ryan is filming. We're well, not filming, but recording uh, this geek and podcast. This geek in comics. This geek in right? comics. Yeah. This geek in comics. That's right. I, I fucked that up. He's filming. He's recording it right now. That probably be a new episode tomorrow when you hear this. Uh, he also has some instruction where he talks about nothing but Hasbro, and it's like a whole bunch of Hasbro news drop, like with tech Transformers and Visionaries and some other stuff. He'll <laughs> he'll talk all about that. Uh, Eli has Geek Tab. We talked about that earlier. If you want to uh, hear about the the it in depth spoiler review, go check that out. Plus, we got we got Comic Cast, we got Hulu TV, and I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah, like we got a whole network that we just talk about podcasts, and each podcast talk about different shit. So definitely take a look at that. Until then, we will talk to you guys later. This is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you guys later.